Oh, I haven't spoken much English English today. It's going to be rough. English. Te- English. <laughs> uh, test, test, test. When you just left, it sounded a little Übersteuert. loud. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was close. Oh, no, that. that <laughs> yeah, that's pretty loud. Did you get that? I'm so confused. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Understanding Train Station. Welcome back. Um, last episode was pretty popular. Yeah. So I don't know if we can do that again, but <laughs> hopefully you guys are going to enjoy today's topic, too. I think it was just because of Rachel. Yeah. I, I, just like we really enjoyed talking to her, it seems like you guys seem to enjoy the conversation as well. So we're glad that if you were able to look at that episode and listen to it, that you hopefully enjoyed it and... Um, are back this week to talk to, or just hear us speak. I always say yeah. talk to us like we're having a conversation <laughs> with them, but it's a very I mean, one-sided like, conversation. We do get the feedback afterwards. It's just delayed a little bit. But um, yeah, exactly. how are you, Josh? What's new? Oh man, what's new? I feel like a decent amount is new. Um, just dealing with more German bureaucracy. I finally got my Aufenthaltstitel, my residency permit. Congratulations. Which Wait, what does it look like even? Let's see. I don't. And you probably don't want to show all, of all your details. personal information, but like, is it a card? Yeah, right. Okay. You can see what I look like. What but yeah, color is it? It's, it's, it's basically tell. like a pezzo. Okay. So like uh, a beige kind yeah. of base color. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little dip- hard to tell. Okay. Oh. But uh, <laughs> for all of you guys listening on Spotify or any other audio streaming platform, if you want to see it too, you can just switch over to YouTube and Josh just held it into the camera. But, or maybe I, yeah, can, maybe I can post it on Instagram as well with like blurred out the personal details right. so you guys can see what an Aufenthaltstitel looks like. Yeah, but no, yeah. that's interesting to me. Just like you, when I first got my green card, you were like, can I see it? I've never seen a green card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> yeah. just a weird thing, like being a, being a foreigner, quote unquote, you know? So it's just been an interesting experience. It was a v- very much a, oh gosh, English today, like <laughs> hin und her, very difficult. I, I say difficult process. It was very confusing because when I applied for it, I got a letter saying that it would take six to eight weeks for it to arrive. Um, nine weeks went by and I hadn't seen it. And then I'm actually going back to the US at the end of this month for two weeks and my visa has expired. Um, I had a thing called a Fiktionsbescheinigung, but it, which proves my status in Germany, but it's mm-hmm. only in German and it's like a piece of paper. So I was con- somewhat concerned about being able to get back into Germany with everything going on. But um, now I have it, it finally arrived after me having called them twice to kind of run after them and say, hey, what's going on? Um, it was just sitting around and I guess they were just waiting on someone to click release. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then they did it when you called, though? Pretty much. Okay, so you basically helped them do their job? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I don't know the details. They said that, like, they were waiting on my, my acta, but it's been approved. So your um, file? Yeah, like my file. Okay. I don't know. They said that another Behörde had my file and they were waiting on it, but everything was approved. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the intricacies, but the guy, when I called, said, oh, it's a good thing you're calling because we need to escalate this just so it gets done because it should be done by now. <laughs> Okay, but now you're good to leave Germany and go back. Yes, uh, my Aufenthaltstitel is now valid for four years. So Nice. Yes. That's comforting, probably. Um, Definitely. Well, last time you also told me that there were a couple other stories. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) You might want to tell on the podcast. Well, I wrote down 
customer service and BMV story. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I think was the BMV story my story the that BMV I wanted to tell. BMV story is your story, yeah, yeah. But I feel like wasn't there something that you also wanted to tell about the BMV? I finally got my driver's license. I don't know if I've already said that in the in the podcast <laughs> I think, yet. Though. I, I think, think I you have. did. Yeah, and like you did say that you could keep your American driver's license too. Yes, so they right? gave me it yeah. back, and now I'll have when I'm back home in Cincinnati, I will have to apply or renew my driver's license for Ohio because it is currently. Um, yeah. expired that's expired. the word um, yeah. but yeah no as far as customer service is concerned it's just been one thing after the other it feels like having to deal with German customer service um, we had an issue where one of my roommates accidentally broke the glass in the window um, and we didn't have the proper insurance so we had to pay for it which wasn't the end of end of the world we have the proper insurance now Um, but I called the place to have them come pick up the window and get it fixed. And they came and picked it up and said, we'll have it done within a week. And we'll call you, um, when it's done to schedule a time to bring it back. Uh, a week went by. I didn't hear anything from them. Then she called me like maybe a week and a half later and said, Hey, um, who's the invoice supposed to go to? And I said, you can send the invoice to me. I said, when we'll be able to set up a, an appointment for you guys to bring the window back. And she said, I'll call you. And then like two and a half weeks go by <laughs> and we still don't have our no window. Call. <laughs> no and call. That's like so similar to what you experienced with buying your car where like yeah. the one guy also said he was going to call you back and then he never did. I, I don't understand it. It's, it's really... Yeah. I think a cultural difference. I mean, I'm sure you get that in the U.S. sometimes too, but... Um, but people here are so eager to sell you stuff. So, like, they're trying to, of course, like, if you're a potential customer, they're like, yeah, of course they're going to call you back. Exactly. <laughs> and so then what happened was I finally called, like, hey, it's me. You have my window. When do I get it back? <laughs> um, and she said, oh, um, I mean, I have I have the information here in front of me saying that it, it's it's done. You don't have your window yet? I said, nope. <laughs> I said, what I said was actually, how about you wait a second? I will go into my living room to make sure there ac- it actually didn't come while I was at work or something. Um, sure enough, it wasn't there. And she said, oh, well, that's weird. Um, just give me a second. And then like, she didn't put me on hold. She just put the phone down so I could like hear her rustling around in the office and then go out into the workshop. And she came back and she said, are you sure you don't have it? <laughs> I was like, uh, pretty positive. And she said, <laughs> okay, well, let me go look again. Um, and I said, you don't, you don't have the window. And she said, to be honest, I can't find it right now, but let me go look again. So then she went and looked and luckily she was able to locate it. And then this was all, I think on a Monday or a Tuesday. And once she found it, I said, okay, so when can we set up an appointment for you to bring my, my window back? It's been almost three weeks now. Uh, and she said, well, the earliest appointment I have is Friday, <laughs> which, I mean, just the American in me who likes customer service and like wants to feel valued, like she didn't offer any discount. I mean, she said she was yeah. sorry, but um, I was like, well, I kind of would like my window today if that's possible. I've been waiting for a while. She said, well, I don't know if I can really do that. Um, we'll have to see. And she said, but let's put the appointment in for Friday. So then she said that she would call me back if it if it was done sooner, if she could get it to me sooner. And luckily, like 20 minutes later, she called me um, and said, hey, we're going to be able to get it to you today. So and as, as far as that's concerned, it was good that she was able to 
rectify the situation, but at the same time, uh, I, I just, I, I, I'm not used to that um, from the U.S. either. I mean, I never was a homeowner in the U.S. and I lived in like apartments where the maintenance that took care of the property was very proactive and very quick um, to to respond. So it just was an interesting experience. So I don't know if it's Germany specific, um, but as far as the co customer service was concerned, um, I think it was more more German. She even told me, you should have called us sooner. Like, yeah. okay, so it's my fault now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually just, before we started recording this episode, I went through the comments and sometimes I'm just baffled by like, a lot of people always say that, oh, like, Feli keeps bashing her own country. And I'm always like, someone said it about the last episode. Like, I'm surprised that Feli always says that Germans are so rude. And I don't even think that I was the main person saying that in the last mm -hmm. episode. I think we all said it. I think Rachel yeah. told a story about that, too. And I just, like, agreed. And just so I just want to point out that it's just not always me yeah. bashing the Germans. Like, we're not bashing anyone anyways. We're just pointing out cultural differences. Exactly. And for, I think, a lot of Germans, that's the customer service they like. A lot of Germans don't like the way that Americans handle mm -hmm. customer service. Like for a lot of Germans, that's a little too much even. So, you know, it's just a difference. But coming from the U.S. as an American, it's definitely maybe an a shock sometimes. Yeah, an adjustment. I was, I was just for talking sure. to one of my roommates and we were essentially discussing how Germans, when it comes to like arguments, they're very fact-based. Whereas yeah. Americans tend to be more emotional in their arguments. Like yeah. when I say arguments, I mean like the German word argument. Not necessarily like a discussion or like a yeah, like your fight, point that you're making. Yeah, exactly. You you use more of a, a pathos based um, uh, argumentation as opposed to fact based. That at least okay. in my experience. Yeah. No, and like I think with customer service too, that kind of relationship between the customer and the business in a lot of cases is like what you experience. It's kind of expected to be a more thing that's like that goes both ways mm -hmm. um whereas like here in the u.s it's usually yeah the business treats you like you're the king and they run after you and they want to make sure that you're you feel taken care of well and that you're like friendly to them and stuff like that so yeah i think that's like a, just a different kind of expectation there in germany mm -hmm. from yeah, both yeah. sides i would agree i would agree you're expected to have more understanding for the business yeah, apparently. So, and I, I guess like a lot of Germans like that too. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your BMW, I almost said BMW, what's your BMV <laughs> story? It does sound weird. Um, I think we talked, we said this before in another episode that BMV stands for Bureau, no, Bureau, Bu how do you pronounce Bureau. 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 I never say that word. Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Exactly. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And then in most other parts of the U.S., it's called DMV, so Department of Motor Vehicles. And then someone also said that they're like in their state or in their region, it's called something different again. I think in Michigan, it's all done through the Secretary of State. Okay. But I think there's also a thing called like OMV, so like the office off or something. It okay. was like something different. Mm -hmm. Anyways, back to the story. Um, I wanted to tell the story because we talked so much about like the bureaucratic stuff in Germany and how you did have some negative experiences with people working there. Um, and I had to renew my driver's license here in Ohio. And so I had to go to the BMV. First of all, um, compared to Germany, it's just all so much more flexible and just 
it, it just doesn't take as long, all of these things usually. So you just like go there. You don't necessarily have to have an appointment. Um, you wait a little bit. You give them all your documents. They take the picture right there. You don't have to bring a picture with you. And then it usually for the driver's license, which also basically equals your um, ID card. So like your Personalausweis in Germany, um, it usually takes a couple weeks, like two to three weeks until you actually have the thing in your mail. But once you're there, you already get like a... Um, What's like vorübergehend, temporary, like a temporary, or like a provisional proof. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's just the backup story. I did have some experiences also when I first tried to get my driver's license that weren't like that great, where I went to offices that were kind of chaotic. I think I was just really lucky with this office that I went to this time uh, because that one seemed very just structured and they all were working very well together. Um, But I just had like the coolest experience. I was there twice because the first time I went and I didn't have all the documents that I needed because apparently because of my green card, I needed something that wasn't listed on the website, but I could get in line online. So like I basically, you know, got in line before I left my place, arrived there, like on the online thing just said I'm here and then it took like two minutes or something until they called me and then I went up to the counter and this lady was super friendly she was like oh I'm so sorry um I don't think you have all the documents it's just because of this like green card thing but this will be the last time we'll need it uh really sorry but you can just come back tomorrow um and like have a nice day like it was she was just super friendly and competent I have a question yes was, was the place was it just like a a counter that you had to go up to Yes. I feel like that's very different compared to like the German experience where like you have to sit in a waiting room and then you get called to a certain office where you have to then go to. Yeah. I feel like in the US, it just feels warmer to me. And like, I don't See, know. See, the counter thing, I don't know. I feel like that feels a little bit like you're just another person. Like they don't really mm-hmm. take the, the time to like take care of you personally. Usually in this case, like I'd still felt taken care of very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing that is like different with Germany is the perception of privacy. So like yeah. in this one and in most of the other BMV offices that I've been to, the waiting room was like right by the counter. So mm-hmm. technically you could hear what all Everything. these people were saying at the counter. Whereas like in Germany, as you said, like there's usually a waiting room. It's more like a doctor's practice kind yeah. of. And then you get called to a certain room and you go there and there's not a lot of people who could possibly listen to your mm-hmm. personal information. But um, anyway, so went back to the, the next time and that one was just like the experience where I was like, yeah, this is the this is the US for sure. <laughs> so I went there, I sat down and I got in line online again. So it took like one minute maybe. And one of the women um, like at the counter called someone with the name Alicia. And she said like, Alicia, and nobody got up and everyone was just looking around. She said, Alicia. And so I got up, I was like, excuse me, was it Felicia with an F? And she was like, nope, Alicia. So like, and everyone was kind of like, <laughs> looking and like listening right Uh and everyone was like like laughing a little bit so sat back down and literally 30 seconds later the woman right next to her went felicia and then like (laughs) everyone was laughing because then both the women were looking at each other and they were like i have an alicia she was like yeah i have felicia and i was like yep that's me (laughs) hello (laughs) so like then i walked up and she did all the stuff with me and as soon as she realized i was german she just started like 
all the small talk with me, she was like, oh, um, my at my son's high school, there was a German exchange student once. And is it true that you guys can drink at 16? That's crazy. And then we talked all about like whether that would be a good strategy for the US too or not. And she was all like, yeah, I kind of feel like that could be like a smart thing mm -hmm. for students to like drink with their parents and stuff like that. And then we talked about when you can drive in the different countries. And she was just really interested and was just really friendly and nice and kind of brightened my day. Um, and did like, you tell her to listen to Understanding Train Station? I did not. I, I did not want to mention it, to be honest. Um, I think I was even wearing one of my merch t-shirts, but nobody said anything, luckily. But basically, like, I think in Germany, if that had happened, people behind me would have gotten impatient because they would have mm -hmm. been like, yo, you're like, we're all waiting here. Can you like not waste our time? Because yeah. it did take longer than it had to take because mm -hmm. yeah we we were like kind of slow like she was doing the stuff but also talking to me at the same time yeah. and then like I took my time to sign things and stuff um but in the U.S. I feel like everyone was just kind of in a good mood and this like little joke in the beginning with the two names was just like you know everyone was kind of laughing um so yeah, yeah. that experience then I just like went over took the picture and went home and I was in and out of there within like probably 15 minutes or so and I was just like wow This was awesome. Like, this is the U.S. <laughs> this is the small talk. This is the customer service. And I mean, these people don't even get tipped or anything like yeah. that. So it's not like they have a bigger incentive other than just being friendly, just yeah. being nice people. That, so, I mean, it yeah. sounds a lot like my experience when I, when I, with my Anmeldung, with my registration. Mm -hmm. I got, I got really lucky and had a really, really nice person. I was like, she could work in the U.S. with that attitude. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, those people definitely exist. Um, and also the other way around, as I said, the first time I tried to get my driver's license was kind of complicated because I did not have to take a driver's test here in the U.S. because Ohio and Germany have that agreement that we've talked about before mm -hmm. that I could just go in and have my German driver's license transferred basically to an Ohio driver's license. But I had to go to a certain office for that. So one certain location and then the people there didn't really know what they were doing yeah. and a lot of the people there were like not friendly at all and were kind of like oh okay so I'm supposed to just give you an Ohio driver's license and I was like I don't know that's, <laughs> that's the rules I guess yeah <laughs> so like I have to say like that first experience wasn't necessarily that great either yeah. but um overall I feel like I've had more like of the nice experiences here yeah I was just going to say, like, that's a pretty good example, though, of, I mean, we talk in generalizations of Germans tend to be more serious and Americans tend to be friendlier, quote unquote, but you get both in both countries. Yeah, you get um, both. Just I think just like when you live in the two countries for a longer period of time, there's just this tendency, as you just said, that you just overall get more of the one case in the one country and then more of the other case in the other country. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we've been talking for a while. We haven't even said what the topic for this week is. But before we, we get haven't. into the topic of the week, we have a sponsor again. So once again today, our sponsor is Lingoda. Thank you for sponsoring us once again. Uh, Lingoda is an online language school and they're doing their language sprint again, which is an intensive language course where students are challenged to consistently take language classes for three months straight. I know that Josh signed up for it. Yes. Um, so this is a very promising thing because... First of all, you get kind of forced or also motivated to stick with your language learning journey for um, a longer period of time and to do it very intensely during that time. And that's really the key of language learning is just 
doing it consistently. And that's sometimes hard when you're just by yourself. The other perk of this is that if you take all of the classes that you agree to in the beginning, Lingoda will refund 50% off your course fee. Exactly. I don't know about you, Feli, but when I like get started on new things, I get really overly motivated and then I lose that motivation. And this financial incentive incentive of getting the 50% refund is something that I know definitely will help me and spur me on with my uh, French course that I'm going to be taking yeah. with Lingoda. So more than 40,000 people have already participated in Lingoda sprints in the past and have really enjoyed it. One of the biggest things that people say that they like is how it boosts their confidence and shows results in a really short period of time. Um, it's three months long, like we said, and in that three months, you can really see the change of you really being able to only make basic conversation to having real conversations within those three months. Yeah, so there's really a lot of focus on the talking aspect, and that also has a lot to do with the size of the classes because the group classes are fairly small and they're also very interactive, uh, like the curriculum is very interactive. So each class is through Zoom. It usually lasts around 60 minutes, and it, as I said, only has like usually two to three students with a maximum of five. So that means that during the class, um, there's just a lot of possibilities, but also just points where you have to talk yourself. So you have to speak the language, you have to listen to the language, and you have to be present the whole time. And I think that's something that definitely makes a difference compared to like a huge college class or something where you're one of 30 people and you maybe say two words in the language during the whole class. That's not going to be the case here. So that's why I think uh, people really say that their confidence in speaking gets boosted a lot. Exactly. There's no hiding when there are only two or three people in a class. And I know one thing yeah. that I really like is being able to ask questions, which I some teachers can get annoyed with when you have a big class. But when you're, it's such a small group, it's, it's a really good opportunity for you to get your questions answered and have that personalized experience. So yeah. if you're interested, there are a few languages that they offer. The courses that they're offering are English, business English. So if you already speak English, but want to improve your business um, quality, if you will, of your English, um, that's a great course. They also have German, Spanish, and French. And I'm going to be taking the French one. So if you sign up, who knows, maybe we'll have a class together. And they have 70,000 <laughs> students worldwide, which is a pretty impressive number. Another really cool thing is the flexible learning hours. Lingoda has classes that are offered 24-7, which is a huge plus. Um, one of the other great perks of this program is that the teachers are all qualified native speakers. I know that's one of the things that has helped me most in my German experience um, was learning from native speakers from the beginning. So that's something that you're going to get with this program as well. Yeah, so the hard facts, we said in the last few weeks that the deadline to sign up for the sprint is July 16th, but they actually announced that they extended it to July 26th, so you still have a few days to sign up now. So sign up by July 26th, and then the sprint course actually starts on August 2nd, and you can pick between either the super sprint, which means that you will attend 30 classes a month for three months, and then if you do that, you get 50% cash back, or you just do the sprint, which means that you'll attend 15 classes a month for three months, so only half of that. And then also, if you complete all of those, you will get 50% cash back. So each plan, it doesn't matter if it's a super sprint or the sprint, is paid in three monthly installments. But if you use our discount code, which is FAST47, you'll see it down in the description box of the YouTube video and also in the show notes of the podcast, FAST47, you get a 20 euro discount, which equals 25 US dollars by using the code. Yeah, so just click on the link that we'll also put in the info box and in the show notes. And then you can sign up through that link. And of course, don't forget to use the discount code and also make sure to look into their FAQ session before you join so that you know exactly what you're getting into. 
Okay, so with that, what is today's topic? It's actually a topic that is kind of the counterpart of a previous topic. So in the past, we talked about kind of German culture in the U.S., a very heavy, like Cincinnati focused as well. I would say that yeah. episode was, but Cincinnati is such a German city in the U.S. So we thought that we would kind of flip it on its head and this week talk about American culture that's present in Germany. Yeah, which... and also kind of like American culture slash American culture with quotation marks. Exactly. Not all of it is like authentic. Exactly. I think that's one thing. And I think the, the longer I've been in Germany, the less I'm aware of the influences because it just becomes normal. It's probably also yeah. for you. I mean, and with the same thing with the U.S., but there are some very specific things, like you said, that are quote unquote American, um, which make me chuckle every time I see them here in Germany. So I'm looking forward to really kind of dissecting that somewhat and hearing kind of your thoughts as a German growing up in Germany with the influence of uh, American culture on your childhood and just on yeah, the culture. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to all of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But also just kind of talking about my experience of how I've seen like American culture in Germany. Okay, so I think this episode is going to be mainly just your experiences, Josh, and then like I'm going to jump in here and there and just like share yeah. my perspective on these things. I also wrote down a couple of things, but I think, I mean, you're the American living in Germany, so yeah. um, this is definitely mostly your topic. So what's like one of the biggest points that you noticed, like something that maybe you noticed right away or something that just really made you cringe? I think one thing that really stood out to me, and the thing is, we say it's German culture, but I feel like the U.S. has a very strong presence um, in Europe in general. <laughs> you can hear this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that really stood out to me or made me realize, oh, shoot, these people are really familiar with American culture um, mm -hmm. was when I was at a party, I think, with some friends and they were playing music. And I think this was actually in Cincinnati when I was with a group of Europeans and everyone knew all of the words to all, pretty much all of the songs. And I think I may not be the best example of an American when it comes to knowing lyrics, but still, I was very surprised at how well people knew the lyrics to songs. Yeah. I mean, and then also when you're in the car here in Germany or just in general listening to the radio in Germany, pretty much everything is in English as far as music is concerned. Every once in a while you get a German song, but I would say between 80 and 90% of the time it's it's in, at least English speaking music. Yeah, it kind of depends on the radio station you listen to, but I will say that it's actually changed a bit mm -hmm. in the like past maybe two decades because I remember when I was a kid, it was probably like 99% English speaking music. And because like there was just a, a time where German speaking music just wasn't trendy and it's kind of made a comeback. So like recently there's like a lot of German speaking artists again and a lot of people actually like musicians switched from making English speaking music to German speaking music mm -hmm. because it's such a popular thing now again so um yeah it's definitely gotten more german speaking music again but it's still as you said a lot of english speaking music and therefore a lot of american exactly artists. and i think one thing that was like surprising to me as well was that you would have german artists who were recording in english like i thought exactly. like i think like milky chance for example is a is a band and they pretty much do all of their music in English, but they're a German group. Obviously, you have yeah, a larger... Yeah, there are a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. you like, have a larger a while... international audience, but still. No, it wasn't even that. Just, I mean, for Milky Chance, like, they are international. But there's a lot of artists, like, from back in the day, like, as I said, like, 10, 20 years ago. But even today still, where... Um, 
it's just because English-speaking music to a lot of Germans is cooler mm, um, mm-hmm. and they don't want to listen to German-speaking music, that even if their target audience is just Germans, it's still better for them to make it in English, which... Yeah, I think a lot of people outside of Germany didn't expect that. I know that a lot of Americans are very surprised with that kind of stuff. But it's the thing, like, uh, just one artist that comes to mind who's still extremely big um, is Sarah Connor. First of all, her name is, like, English-sounding. I think she's she is half American, technically, okay. but she's always lived in Germany. Um, like, she's half German, half American, I believe. Um, she was, like, this sole voice in Germany. Like, she did, like, just very American-sounding soul music or, like, pop soul I should say um, and now she switched completely to German speaking music like mm. her album I think is even called Muttersprache oh, wow. so a lot of people uh, make that switch but yeah, yeah yeah, I could totally see how that would be surprising because like obviously as an American you always listen to music in your native language which to us Germans that's something that we're not that used to mm-hmm. exactly unless it's like something that's maybe like Schlager or like uh yeah. <laughs> or like a, I don't know, like a folks festival type music. But I I do recall when my parents came to visit me in Germany, um, they were also very surprised that all of the music basically was in English. Like they just listened to the same stuff that we do, which yeah. is, is I, I would say, very much a mentality of a lot of Americans. Um, but besides music... Wait, let me say one more thing about that, because this might be kind of a me thing. But if you guys are German, like listening right now or watching right now, let me know if you have the same experience. But really, as a German, like especially in that time that I grew up in, you were just used to only listening to songs that you did not understand. Mm So that kind of means different things. First of all, for me, and I think that's also the thing for a lot of other Germans, German speaking music, therefore, has to have really good lyrics because... Mm. We don't hear that a lot. And so, like, we have really high expectations to German lyrics. Like, when they're as simple as they are in a lot of American pop songs, it often sounds, you know, cheap, like mm-hmm. not good music to us, which therefore, like, a lot of the those songs are just classified as Schlager or party songs or whatever. Um, and a lot of, therefore, popular German pop songs have these really kind of poetic sounding Mm -hmm. lyrics because they have to go a little bit deeper sometimes than your everyday English lyrics would. But also, I was just so used to always listening to these English songs that, of course, as a kid, I did not understand. Like, it just sounded like a fantasy language to me, basically. Yeah. And... As a kid, you would just make up that those fantasy lyrics, too. You'll just sing along with some random syllables that kind of sound like what they're singing there, but it's yeah. obviously not real English. And to me, that never changed for some reason. I know this is different for other people, but I'm just curious if there's other people out there who have the same experience. Even though I obviously now understand English very well, whenever I hear music... I'm still in that, like, as soon as it goes from talking to music, my brain switches and I don't pay attention to the lyrics. That's so it's interesting. Just blah, blah, blah to me. It's like, whatever. I don't even listen to it. I don't know what the song is about. And there are even songs that from back in the day, I will still sing along with my fantasy syllables. Yeah. Even though I could now just like sing the real lyrics, mm-hmm. but I'm just so used to this like fantasy language stuff. So, yeah, for some reason, I think that's why I still don't really pay attention to. 
English-speaking lyrics, whereas with German songs, I pay attention a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think that's that's a really interesting thing to think about because, like you said, I mean, when you grow up speaking English, you understand everything, so you're just used to it. I can't even like imagine that because mm-hmm. all of these songs—not all of them, but like a lot of these songs—have such dumb lyrics, and a lot of them are also <laughs> very sexual. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. that stuff gets censored on American radio and TV a lot, mm-hmm. which it doesn't in Germany, by the way. But still, like, what do you think about that as a kid, hearing all that stuff? I mean, the family I grew up in, we weren't really listening to to music that was okay. Um, that I would have that type of thought. But yeah, it's on the, on the flip side, it's weird for me, having always grown up understanding the music that I was listening to, to imagine growing up and not understanding the lyrics to anything. Like, how do you really enjoy the music if you don't know what they're saying? <laughs> like, and I think yeah, that, just... that's probably very much a. Um, a, a mentality that a lot of Americans would have. Um, but did I just say a lot of Americans? Oh my gosh. A lot of Americans. <laughs> a lot of Americans. Um, <laughs> one thing that was really surprising to me was when I was at Oktoberfest for the first time. I think it was Oktoberfest, yeah. As opposed to like you're, a folk... You're talking like Munich Oktoberfest, yes, right? exactly. Yeah. The Oktoberfest. Um, <laughs> and they played Country Roads by John Denver. And... I was so confused because everyone freaks out and just starts singing along and everyone knows the lyrics. I mean, like I'd heard the song before, but it, for me, at least in the environment that I grew up in, it was not hyped at all. And in Germany, everyone loves that song so much. So like, that's like an American uh... thing. Yeah. Same with Sweet Caroline. Exactly. Uh, Also other like more like rock songs like Summer of 69 Mm -hmm. or trying to think what else but there's a few songs that are english speaking that are huge hits at those kinds of events yeah and i i mean i'm it could just be that i have a bad memory i know that in the u.s sweet caroline is also a very popular song that every pretty much Mm -hmm. everyone knows the words to but i don't recall like country roads being quite as hyped as sweet caroline Mm -hmm. but maybe that's just my false perception but that just was funny for me that everyone was singing country roads um And then I was able to show them some other John Denver music, which they also appreciated. But um, so, yeah, that was definitely something music related that um, is American and very present in German culture. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things is it's not really in here in Germany. It's not like the heritage because the amount of people that have, quote unquote, American heritage in Germany is significantly lower compared to the Americans with German heritage. But it's more of like American dominance as far as being like a quote unquote superpower and the the culture just being exported. Um, so you don't get like the cultural like people trying to maintain the culture. So like in the U.S. when you have Schützenfest or you have like the various Oktoberfests or the various... Um, like associations of people trying to maintain the culture, but it's more just kind of like the surface level culture things that show up in everyday life. Um, One thing that's different or one thing that's more of kind of like a cultural thing, I think of sports. Um, Mm -hmm. It was funny the other day, I'm trying to remember where I was, but I saw people playing baseball. Yeah, that's not very common. No, and I was- But I think it's like, it's definitely like, gotten bigger a little bit just like American football exactly. too, but American football has gotten bigger a little bit earlier already but I mm-hmm. think baseball is coming now too yeah I was so I was so confused I was like wait what there's like a little league <laughs> game going on <laughs> wait was it like an actual league do you know or like was it know. older people younger people I don't know I don't okay. I, we were just walking by and I, I don't remember it may actually not have been in Munich it could have been in Strasbourg that that may be possible okay, which, but either way yeah 
very That's confused impressive. to see to see That's baseball cool. in in Europe. Um, yeah, about like the American football part. Exactly. Um, to all of you guys who are interested, we did an episode with Daniel, who actually played American football in Germany and then also got a scholarship to play American football at college in the U.S. So if you want to listen to that episode, we're going to link it down below. But um, yeah, sorry, back to sports. <laughs> no, it's it, one, another funny thing is in, yeah, I guess American football here, it's starting to grow or it has been growing for a while in popularity. Yeah. Um, and when yeah, I moved- they started showing it on like this German TV channel. They started showing NFL mm-hmm. and also college football in the U.S. on this German TV channel, which means that a lot of people watch it like at weird times at night because yeah. of the time difference and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember when I moved into my um, my new apartment here in our living room, we actually have a football helmet. And I was so confused by that because like that's something that's so American for me. I did not expect right. to see a football helmet. And it's like a dark... I think it's actually black, but to me it looked like a navy blue and it had mm-hmm. like a yellow M on it. I was like, why on earth do we have a Michigan, especially being from Ohio, why do we have a Michigan football helmet? Yeah, and which it, are like the biggest rivals. Exactly. It's like yeah. a huge rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan. Um, and it turns out the helmet is actually for the Munich football team. That's why the, the M. I forget the is name it the of the Rangers team. or the Cowboys. I think there's possibly both teams. I think it's I think. the Cowboys. I'm okay. not sure. I looked it up at some point, but I didn't. I didn't remember. Um, but yeah, Which like, also those names sound so American. <laughs> it's like, hmm, what can we? What can we call our team to make it sound extra American? Let's just do the Cowboys. <laughs> that's this one thing. Like my boss, when I when he sees me, will be like, "Howdy, partner," or "How are you doing, oh. cowboy?" It's like it doesn't get more American than that. Um, yeah. But yeah, sports, I would say, is something that is more, you see more and more American sports here in Germany, um, which they even bring American football players over to Germany to play in their league. Um, Yeah. I, for example, talked to Nelf on my channel before, twice actually. I can also link those videos down Mm -hmm. below. Uh, Maybe we can get him on the podcast at some point too. But he is an American from Portland who is one of those Americans who was brought over to Germany to play in the semi-professional American Football League in Germany. Exactly. So that's definitely a huge presence as far as American culture in Germany is concerned. Is that something, though, that you feel like... uh, crosses your way on a Mm-mm. regular basis no it's not something that, that that i really even see i don't actually know if i've ever seen a football field here in 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 munich i i know they exist i just haven't seen them so it's not something that you see everywhere but you're aware of its pre- like that it exists basically yeah yeah um i wanted to go back to the thing that you uh, said earlier mm-hmm. about the whole heritage thing because i just wanted to like i know that we said that in the other episode but what you said about the organizations and the festivals here in the U.S. trying to maintain the German culture, a lot of these things kind of to us, to like modern Germans kind of feel like traveling back in time. It's like 100 or 200 year old customs or like traditions that they celebrate, which like is cool. But at the same time, though, for like a modern German, it does not feel like home because we don't live 200 years ago in (laughs) Germany anymore. So which like, yeah, is like two different things. But I feel like in Germany, the American culture that you have there might be a little bit more like what you're actually used to from nowadays from like modern US. But also the heritage thing, of course, I mean, Americans don't even call themselves like they would never even say they have American heritage, I don't think unless like you're a Native American. But most Americans 
go back to their European or whatever roots that exactly. their ancestors came from. Be it somewhere so, in Asia or Africa, people tend to identify more with where their family is quote unquote originally from as opposed to American heritage. I always would say I'm American, but I have like German and Irish ancestry. Yeah, or people always say like, oh, I'm Irish. And then, or like, and I'm like, oh, wait, when did you come to the U.S.? Then you don't have an Irish accent. Oh, my great great grandparents uh, came to the U.S. from Ireland, like in that year. Um, or people always say to me also that they're German, and they just mean that their ancestors came to the U.S. from Germany in 1860 or something like that. So yeah, that's just the difference right there. Yeah, you don't really get that in Germany. Have you um, gone to any? American or Cincinnati specific gatherings or anything like that? Like any I haven't. Stumptish? I haven't. Okay. Well, I mean, when I first moved here, it was pretty restricted COVID. as far as COVID restrictions were concerned. So a lot of that stuff wasn't taking place. And then I just got involved in my own social life and just really haven't had any opportunity or <laughs> interest at this point of going and searching ask, those yeah. things out. Um, <laughs> but it would definitely be an interesting, interesting thing. I think I, I talked about how I was walking with another American actually here and we were walking in there in our neighborhood and there was like a guy with like an, a little American flag in his window and he just was standing there and it turns out he was from Michigan and mm -hmm. yeah so like that's that's something that like I always enjoyed those type of interactions um but no I haven't actively sought out any Cincinnati or U.S. specific things here one thing that we haven't really mentioned um and it kind of ties into like the heritage versus more modern um, influences of American culture here in Germany is I think a big part of it has to do with World War II or the aftermath oh. of World War II um, yes, and the occupation of Germany by the Americans, especially in this region, because um, Munich and Bavaria was part of the, the American zone. Um, but throughout and maybe you can tell me this, and it's a shame that I actually don't know the dates, Feli, or kind of generally how long, but how long were the Americans actually here? Do you know? I do not know that, actually. I do know that what you're saying is definitely true, especially for, like, West Germany. Because, mm -hmm. like, compared to other European countries, like, as you said earlier, the U.S. is kind of like the superpower. So a lot of the world is being Americanized in a way. But in Germany, it's definitely stronger than in some surrounding countries because of that exact thing that we had American soldiers here. And they also, like, helped us rebuild our country in a lot of in a lot of mm -hmm. uh, aspects. So I just remember that a lot of my older relatives, like my grandma who passed away or like my great aunt would tell us stories of like, oh, the Americans always brought us Coke, like Coca-Cola, or they would always have bubble gum and we never had that and we loved that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely like a lot of, I think, mostly positive stories connected to that. And obviously that's also why probably we were so open to all this like American culture stuff, all the the American songs, English-speaking songs, and also just learning English at school has become very normal in West Germany, whereas in East Germany, that wasn't even a thing for the longest time for obvious reasons, like for political reasons. Um, a lot of people who went to school in former East Germany had to learn Russian instead, but we all, like, naturally uh, learned English, and by we all, I mean, like, my parents also. Yeah. West Germans. <laughs> um, yeah, so unfortunately, I don't know the exact dates, and I'm not 100% sure, and I'm maybe people are going to take me apart in the comms for this. I'm not sure if there was, like, an official end date, because, I mean, obviously, there are still American soldiers in Germany now. True. So I'm not quite sure how that really ended. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 
I would be interested in learning more about that history as well. But I think like you were saying too, as far as people learning English and the presence of, of the U S in Germany really primed, um, the German population to be more open, like you were saying to American culture. And then therefore it's more accessible for them. So yeah, I think in a lot of cases, Americans were the cool ones. Mm -hmm. Like being from there was cool. Speaking English was cool. Um, Also at the same time, I should say that of course, a lot of people have also made really bad experiences Mm -hmm. with American military and soldiers and all of that stuff there. So I know of a lot of personal stories, you know, uh, post-war Mm-hmm. situations basically there were just a lot of rape stories from yeah. all sides really so that's also a thing but i think overall germans just kind of thought yeah the americans are helping us build our country now and they're nice to us and they're cool so yeah they kind of i think looked up to american culture i and then i will say in recent years that has started to deteriorate and there's a lot more criticism coming from germany towards the us as far as yeah. i say the german population not necessarily the government um i mean the government, I think, tries to stay relatively neutral. Um, but as far as the German population is concerned, I mean, there it's very common that there are like um, protests in, in town against certain decisions that are made by international bodies, which are oftentimes led by the U.S. And a lot of um, dissent isn't the, quite the right word, but um, disagreement with a lot of the policies that the American government is making. Um, and then therefore there's somewhat of a um, association then with the American people. And I would also say that some of the appreciation or the Americans being the cool ones has started to kind of decline as far as the way yes. that people see Americans nowadays. No, for sure. And that's not only for political reasons. I think, mm-hmm. it, I don't know when it started. It was probably a slow process, but I think it also just had a lot to do with like, nutrition and just like the u.s kind of being behind in a lot of like environmental issues and and social issues and stuff like that i think it had a lot to do with that um but yeah as you said like for example with the elections i feel like that was almost covered more on german media than it was on american media exactly (laughs) like that's the thing is like there'll be criticism but there's also huge interest yes Yes, even even despite interest. the criticism and people saying, oh, we, we shouldn't pay attention to them as much as we do, there's still huge interest. Like people know a lot about American politics, um, which yeah, I think is a little like, unfair. A lot of my German friends are like people that I follow on Instagram, like my, my German people. They knew so much more about the elections that, than any of the people here in the U.S. Yeah. that I talked to about <laughs> the election beforehand. And also they all like followed it much more closely mm-hmm. than the Americans here. Like I tried to you were there that night, like when yeah. we watched the election results. Well election results in quotation marks because they didn't actually finish the counting that night. But um, you were there and a couple other people were there. And I tried to like have more people watch it, but not a lot of Americans wanted to follow it really. And then I had to go upstairs to do like live interviews for German news outlets Mm -hmm. because they were all covering it like all night because it was the middle of the night there in Germany. So yeah, I think interest. And I I think part of that has to do with a lot of political... um, indifference that is in the u.s mm-hmm. but as far as the Ger- germany is concerned the decisions that the u.s government makes tends to have a large influence on germany and international politics as well so there's also a lot of interest for that reason so yeah. the u.s is a very large presence in i would say the subconscious or yeah yeah the subconscious of of the german people 
as well. Yeah, and also just in other ways too when it comes to all that pop culture stuff that we talked about before. Like a lot of people watch all these American movies and their mm -hmm. favorite artists are American. So like we also watch a lot of American talk shows and we watch these interviews and we just follow a lot of American media as well. Exactly. So I was, that was kind of the next topic I wanted to talk to oh, as sorry. well. No, you're fine. Is, is kind of film and, and series. Mm -hmm. That's something that's very present in, in Germany as far as like, I think of like How I Met Your Mother or Big Bang Theory. Like those are very popular shows in Germany, which they were in the US too. But I think that's one thing that has somewhat surprised me is how um, present that is in just the the public discourse or like the simpsons i mean the simpsons are known worldwide um yeah. but just how, how family guy too family guy like all of those yeah. things that like all of my friends would watch in the u.s my friends here also watched which yeah. is just like oh, an interesting game of thing. thrones those yeah. kinds of things also yeah huge and i think part of that has to do also with just globalization and the internet making everything more accessible mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of American media that's consumed in Germany. One thing that was kind of funny, I was just watching a movie with um, with my roommates the other night. Um, and I we were watching, I think it's called American Beauty. And just like we were watching, I mean, it was in the U.S. So for mm -hmm. me, I'm like, okay, like this is just kind of like home, like the suburbs, like everything. And the thought process was just through, or the thought went through my head like, wow, like just their perception must be pretty different of this movie than mine is because like I've been to a high school basketball game and like I, I lived in the suburbs, like that's normal for me. And we're sitting here in these beautiful European cities and that's their, the lens that they're watching the movie through. So it just was an interesting, um, kind of almost out of body experience for me to just think like, take a step back and say, wow, they're, they're probably perceiving this very differently than I am. I know. This is actually an interesting point because I still, when I watch those old movies, and I don't really know what it's like with new movies, but when I watch movies that I used to watch back in the day, so like the first time I saw them, I didn't know the U.S. that well or I had never even been to the U.S. Um, and if I rewatch those movies now, I still have that same feeling. I still have mm -hmm. that feeling of like, wow, an American high school, how cool. <laughs> and like, you know, all these like things. And this is definitely a thing, as you said. Mm -hmm. um, and because we watch so much American media, and it's usually the cool stuff, yeah. um, I think a lot of Germans just find that super inter interesting and exciting. I think a lot of Germans think, wow, I wish I could like go to a high school with lockers. Or mm -hmm. wow, I wish I could like be in a, in a high school basketball team or just be in the audience or be a cheerleader too, which that's also a thing that I wanted to mention earlier. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Cheerleading has also come over. There's a few cheerleading clubs in Germany now too. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely a thing. And also before um, people really did a lot of streaming on the internet, it was already like that um, yeah. with American movies being the big ones. Because so if you like watched German TV and there was a blockbuster on Saturday night, it was always an American movie. Um, exactly. There I were was, not a lot of big German movies. I was trying yeah. to do a little research for, for this as well. And I'm not sure what the source is, so I don't know if it's 100% correct, but it sounds right just from like my feeling. And it says that after Japan, Germany is the second largest market for American movies abroad. Yeah. So it's it's very, very present here. And I think yeah, and we should Netflix say, I think and the internet has just increased that. 
for sure. And I should say, I think we've mentioned that before in some episode, that it's common in like TV and movie theaters that all those American shows and movies are dubbed. So it's not like all of us Germans are just watching these complicated American movies in English. No. And this is also, I think, why they're so popular. No, they're all dubbed in good quality, Mm -hmm. too, compared to other dubbing industries. And obviously that makes it easy for us to understand it. And it's convenient to watch them and they're high quality. So... Yeah. yeah, which is then sometimes funny for me because, like, my coworkers or something will quote an American movie in but German, in German. <laughs> and I I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I understand the words, but I don't put like two and two together. And then, uh, like, five minutes later, I'll be like, "Oh, you were quoting that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that must be weird. Um, yeah, it's it's very weird. But another thing is they also tend to have original versions um, available that you can go to. You just have to find a yeah. place that shows it. And that's really a thing that with all that streaming has become a lot more popular now. Because back in the day, people didn't really have an option to even watch it in the original version, even if they wanted to. Some movie theaters definitely always did show the original versions. But like on TV, for example, there wasn't really an option to just like switch the audio or anything. But nowadays, I know that a lot of especially younger people like our generation Mm -hmm. prefer watching these things in the original. Yeah, Definitely. So kind of moving away from from media and movies, one thing that's really interesting or has been interesting for me to see, and I actually think on one of the YouTube videos that you did uh, while you were here in Munich, like you did a tour and showed some American products that are branded as American. It's just, it makes me chuckle every time I go to the grocery store. I actually brought an example for this episode, but one of it, one of them is peanut butter. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I'm holding up a peanut butter jar, um, but like there's an American flag on it. It's literally an American. It's branded as American. It may Is that be backwards the name of you. the brand you think? I'm trying to see if there's another brand name on it, but the only I thing I see is American. I think that's the name of the brand. <laughs> I, I think the brand is American. <laughs> wow. So like you'll see these like hot dogs, which I think like you said, they were just normal like Vina. <laughs> Yeah, they were just the same sausages that you buy in Germany because like hot dogs are kind of like Wiener, but they usually do taste different. Yeah, they're different. But the ones that we bought in Germany in this American branded jar that they sold for much more money than the regular Wieners were literally just Wieners, but with American branding. (laughs) So that it's just like I said, it makes me laugh every time I see it. What a scam. There's brownies usually. Yeah. Stuff like that. I haven't like actively looked for it. But okay. I'm glad that you I just say that because that they sell brownies. Because I, I want, I want, I've been missing some brownies, so I need to make oh, some yeah. brownies. I mean, I don't know if those are gonna be as good. Yeah. Also, like they'll sell like burger buns or hot dog buns mm-hmm. that are also then branded as American or American sandwich bread, which is oh. like our German like toast. <laughs> Yeah. Toast board, but like it's just larger, <laughs> and that makes it American sandwich bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like you'll see a lot of that type of branding. Um, here in Germany, which is very present in pretty much all of the supermarkets. Um, But another thing besides just branding is like there's, I feel like there's a huge craze around cheeseburgers or hamburgers, like especially like gourmet burgers. Like everyone's out to find the best burger here, at least in Munich. And I think in most places in Germany as well, Um, which is kind of a burger hype, which is kind of funny for me because I mean, obviously in the U S in the U.S., you'll find, like, gourmet burger places. Like, I can name a whole bunch in Cincinnati. But, like, 
burgers for, for me was just like a summer thing. Like we would just grill burgers at, at home and have lettuce and onion and just kind of make just a nice burger at home. I don't see that here as much. Um, no, but, no, we don't. When we have a grill out, we don't do burgers or hot dogs usually. Yeah. But yeah, no, there has been a burger hype with all of those fancy restaurants, which a lot of them are kind of, I think, American branded. Um, some of them also just aren't American branded at all. But there have been huge chains that are just became so popular, like Handsome Glück. Mm-hmm. They had one location in Munich like 10 years ago or something. One. In That's crazy. Turkenstrasse, right by yeah. the university. And I think now they're like Europe wide or something like that. Wow. And they're just a burger place. Yeah, but it's not, not just they have like this it's Yeah, not, but they have this whole concept too to it, but it's mainly burgers. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> I just was gonna say, yes, yeah, and it's not like American branded, it's just a burger place. No. Um very good though. Another but Yeah, so like what no, how do you view those burgers? Because like I know I think that a big part of why Germans are so into the gourmet part of the burgers is that Regular burgers, especially with the buns, to mm-hmm. us is just such a like fast food McDonald's kinds mm-hmm. of things, especially mm-hmm. because we don't like that kind of bread usually. Yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with that. But how do you view that as an American? I think it's pretty normal. Um, okay. Like I said, we have those type of places in the U.S. too, but sometimes I miss the simple burgers. Mm-hmm. Like there's one place in Cincinnati, kind of close to where I grew up. I think it's called Quatman's, which is just a funny name. But l- literally, it's a restaurant where you get your a, a pretty, relatively simple burger. It's really good, but it's just a simple burger served on a paper plate with yeah. like a pickle and and ketchup and fries. And it's super simple. And like those are the type of thing like that for me is a burger. The gourmet burgers are good. It's just not that's like what I was. That's what I was going for. Because I feel like that's like the good burgers that Americans here, at least in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. consider to be the good burgers is usually the just more traditional kind of burger. That's not super fancy. But like at those places in Germany, you'll get goat cheese and yeah. I don't know, cranberry sauce on it or that's a you good know, one. fancy the bread. The one with the cranberry <laughs> sauce is very good. I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> Um, but I think like kind of still going with food, I'm very excited in Munich. They just opened up another five guys location. Um, nice. so I'm going to have to go have, there. I think soon. five guys didn't come over until recently, right? No, like a couple years ago or so. When I f- was in Munich in 2018, no, 2019, I know that they had one location in the Messestadt, um, yeah. like the Rima Garden. Yeah. Um, but now I know that they just opened up another location mm-hmm. as well. So I think it's growing, which is exciting for me because in the U.S. it actually was fading out. In yeah. Cincinnati, I think they pretty much closed all of their locations. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. That's another American, just Americana for me. Um, Do you ever go to McDonald's or Burger King or KFC, which Burger- are like the main three fast food chains that we have in Munich? I I it's so I do not like going to them here because it mm-hmm. feels very uncomfortable because for me it's like so American and like ingrained in my brain that I don't like going there and doing everything in German. Like it just okay. feel it, it's like this weird cognitive dissonance or like just like this uncomfortable feeling I get. But I mean I've been a couple times. I went to one in Vienna recently. Um and Burger King, I'll get every once in a while, too, because they have the good veggie burger and veggie mm-hmm. nuggets. Their their vegetable-based nuggets are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, not a ton. But that's also something that's very present as well. You have Burger King, McDonald's, KFC, Subway, like a lot oh, yeah, of those, chain, a lot of those um, chain restaurants you'll see here. But I feel like besides that, 
like and then five guys now i don't think i think that's pretty much it right i don't because we don't have taco bell yeah we don't have things like wendy's or anything like that yeah um well there's one chipotle in frankfurt i think in yeah. germany i think there's one location in entire germany so that's also not really a thing so yeah. i think that's really it when it comes to like fast food yeah i mean and like you'll see starbucks every once in a while but actually in right, Munich, okay, I, I feel like yeah. there i don't see a ton of starbucks they're here i think starbucks has kind of like decreased again in, in munich at least i don't mm-hmm. know what about the rest of germany but i think um people just started to appreciate the more local cafes mm-hmm. more again like after this whole big like starbucks hype that was pretty much all over the world yeah. i think um at least in Munich, a lot of people realized that they could get the same quality of coffee at a lot of the bakeries, which are mm-hmm. just usually at almost every corner. And then um, I think there has just been a big trend with like fancy little hipster cafes yeah. kind of. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, definitely. And besides just like the chains regarding food, I feel like a lot of Germans have like this picture of like Americans love to grill out. And mm-hmm. which is true, but, and I, I don't know if we've actually talked about this in, in the podcast in the past, or if it's just been in our conversations with our friends, but a, an American cookout is very different than grilling in Germany. Yeah. Like in America, you would grill your, I say America in the U S you, you would grill your burgers, hot dogs. Maybe you would have corn on the cob, um, maybe some pasta salad. Like that's a, that's a traditional American grill out. Whereas in Germany, people, I feel like, will bring, like, sausages. Um, I know, like, stuffed portobello mushrooms are really, really popular. <laughs> or, like, grillkäse. Um, so, like, grilled cheese. But what's, like, all the meat? Because I people always ask me this. And since I'm a vegetarian and I don't yeah. even know anything about that meat, what's, like, all that meat that Germans always put on the grill? It's, like, all this marinated, like, chicken breasts or fillets or ribs. or I don't even know what, yeah. It's all this fancy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we do that in the U.S. too. I mean, I, I remember, like, grilling out, like, marinated chicken breasts or, like, people will smoke ribs as well. Like, you get that in the U.S. too, but, like, a classic American cookout for me is definitely, like, hamburgers and hot dogs and corn on the cob. Yeah, well, corn on the cob is also common in Germany, but I feel like hamburgers and hot dogs, no. It's interesting that you say corn on the cob is popular in Germany. I mean, I obviously believe you, but I I feel like I personally haven't seen that that much here. Like really? I, I I mean, I see it being I had that every time at, like growing okay. up, we always had that like Yeah. Yeah. I'm like if you're German and you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments below, but like yeah, corn on the cob like uh Maiskolben and then mm-hmm. like we usually have it with Kräuterbutter. So uh, like okay. we'll put mm-hmm. some um herbed herbed herb butter. What's that? what's called butter, butter? But probably uh, but, butter with herbs. Yeah, Um, which is not really a thing in the U.S., but it's really good, actually. It's kind of like (laughs) garlic butter, but better. Um, So, yeah, yeah, U.S., you're missing out. But, yeah, we usually put that on it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very common, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, that's more of a difference between the two countries, but also, like, just there's this, I would say most people also understand that, like, what a classic American cookout would look like, um, mostly because of the media influence. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely more of a it's kind of typical it's kind of representing for the two cultures in the US. I feel like eating in a lot of cases is a little bit more like quicker and you don't have to sit down for so long. And I think that's what an American barbecue is like in a lot of cases. Like you don't mm-hmm. always sit down altogether. Like things come like one after another kind of depends on the setting, of course. But like in a lot of cases, it's like the food is ready whenever it's ready. You get there whenever you get there and then you put your stuff on the grill and then you eat. You, you say that's American? Yeah, I feel like you don't always ah, have to eat all together. 
like I, that's I, my experience. Cause, yeah, because I would almost I would have probably said the opposite, and I wonder if it's just a difference then be, between like growing up in a household as opposed to being with like people your same age. But because, see, like, I like, would always have these grill outs with my friends mm-hmm. and it'd be just like with my family. Like we'd all sit down together okay. and then we'd sit there for the rest of the night like yeah, at yeah. the table uh-huh. and we'd bring the stuff over from the grill. Like, of course, there's always co- new stuff coming. Yeah. But I feel like in the U.S., most barbecues I've been to, it's more like you just sit wherever, like you have a camping chair or whatever. Yeah, that's But in that's Germany, it's more true. like a dining table situation. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, and like... I guess I'm thinking of most of the grilling experiences I've had in Germany, and it's mostly been like in parks where you're kind of mm-hmm. just sitting around the grill. Okay, um, yeah, that's true. That's so it's, it's, it's just a different environment as well as opposed to being at someone's home. But yeah, yeah, I was more comparing like being at someone's home in the U.S. Mm-hmm. versus being at someone's home in Germany. And I feel like in the U.S. it's usually more like maybe people make like a little potluck of it or something, mm-hmm. and then you just go wherever, yeah. like people are playing hor- cornhole maybe, yeah. or you just walk around with your stuff. But in Germany, it's more like a sit-down situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I would agree with that. Um... Oh, what about, okay, diners and pancakes and milkshakes. Those That's like one category. I know you uh-huh. have a milkshake story, yes. but I feel like, and I don't know if this is something that you've experienced. I haven't really tested those, but I've heard about it, that there has been a lot of like American diners opening in Germany that are kind hmm. of trying to imitate this diner culture. And they also offer like, there's a lot of pancake places now, apparently. Very interesting that you say that because I have never seen a diner in Germany. Okay. Um, it might be, they probably don't look like a diner from the outside, I was. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I've just heard of that. I, like, haven't really been, like, this was after I left, basically. So I haven't mm. really tested those places. I've just read a, a lot about it. Well, if you're if you're here fun. in Germany and have had a diner experience, you'll have to let us know um, how it was. And if there are any places in Munich, let me know so I can go test them out. Oh, I can definitely tell you that there are a lot of pancake brunch places in Munich. Okay. For, like, American pancakes. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, if you ever test those, like, let me know how they compare. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I definitely will. Like, compared to IHOP or, yeah, like, any of those places or Waffle House. Oh, mm-hmm. Waffle House. I don't think Waffle House has pancakes. I wanted pancakes the other day. You're right. They don't have pancakes. They have waffles. Yeah, they only have waffles. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny that Waffle House only has waffles. Wow. Who would have thought? But no, uh, how are the milkshakes like in Germany? I have officially given up on trying to get a quote unquote good milkshake, a good American milkshake, except at Five Guys. You can get decent mm-hmm. ones at Five Guys. Wait, um, and McDonald's, I think, has the same ones that they do in the U.S. Yeah, too. I'm not a fan of uh, McDonald's milkshakes in the U.S. So, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I specifically remember it was one of the first times I was in Germany. And you know this story, Feli, but the, it's interesting for the listeners. Um, it was when I was in Erfurt. I was in a little town near Erfurt. Um, and I, it was only two weeks, but I was there by myself, um, relatively young. And I just was feeling like a little homesick. Like I was in this tiny little town, didn't have anything to do. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go get a milkshake. Like that'll make me feel better. And I go and I order a milkshake and it, was basically just really sweet milk like they they what do you call it they blended the the ice cream down so much that it was basically just milk again so that was very disappointing for me because in the u.s a good milkshake tends or a milkshake tends to be considered really good when it's nice and thick 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I like, there's a place in, in Cincinnati called UDF, United Dairy Farmers, which for the longest time I thought was a national chain, but it's not. Um, <laughs> and like, you can still taste like the chunks of ice cream in your milkshake. And like, that's something that UDF I really has like. the best milkshakes. Oh, they're so good. Oh, yes. now I, you're making me homesick. I can recommend homesick. the chocolate banana. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so glad I'm going to be in Cincinnati in a couple of weeks to be able to try that. Or what's it? What English. English. I was going to say, was I try that? <laughs> um, I mean, of course not. I've had them before, so it's not trying, but just to be able to have them again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just a different preference. I can yeah. totally see your point. To me, the milkshakes here are sometimes way too thick and like you can't even drink them. It's kind of like the ice cream too, how American ice mm-hmm. cream, you sometimes have to let it sit for a while. That's like not the point from my German perspective. I'm like, I want to eat the ice cream right away. And like, same with the milkshake. So I like UDF milkshakes, for example, but they're usually not too thick, but also kind of depends on who makes them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, some of the milkshakes that are way too thick for me, that's like, eh, that's not a good milkshake. So yeah. (laughs) Different perspectives. But I will say as far as like being present, like American things that are present in Germany, Ben and Jerry's, you see Ben and Jerry's all over the place. And yes, it's very expensive, but very good. So that that's like an American brand that they don't do like this type of fake American branding. It's just your typical. Um, they ben do do their branding. commercials with an American accent. That's though. that's true. That's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's like the American branding, if you will. But Ben and Jerry's is kind of like besides Haagen-Dazs, which has been around for a while too, but they kind of like made their branding a little bit more classy. Mm -hmm. But Ben & Jerry's has been one of the first brands that kind of brought this American ice cream over, Mm -hmm. which I made a video one time about the difference between German and American ice cream, but in Germany, ice cream is usually gelato. Mm -hmm. So it's made differently and it has a different consistency compared to classical American ice cream. So yeah, Ben & Jerry has kind of been this thing where people were like, oh my God, this is like the American ice cream with the cookie dough and the chocolate chip and that that's the stuff that we don't really have in our mm-hmm. classic Italian gelato. Yeah, exactly. I say our, but Munich, Munich, for example, is really close to Italy. So like all the Italian gelato places in Munich are actually run by Italians. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, gelato is something you'll get in all of Germany. Exactly. Yeah. But so that's definitely another example of American culture or the presence of U.S. brands, at least in Germany. Yeah. Kind of moving away from food. Um, one thing that I think is also very interesting is I feel like a lot of Germans travel to the U.S. um, and have had really good experiences and possibly also bad experiences. Um, But I've been surprised at how many people from Germany have been to the U.S. like when I talk to them. I do want to say about that that I think a lot of this has to do with just the fact that Germans just travel a lot in general. A lot of Germans have also been to Asia and most like a lot of European vacation spots. But yes, the U.S. is usually one of those vacation destinations that they'll have in mind that's like not your typical beach vacation, Mm -hmm. like when we go to Spain or Italy or something like that. But it's like experiencing this American culture. And usually people do like a road trip kind of thing and Mm -hmm. take like two to three weeks or something like that usually. Exactly. Like I feel like a lot of Germans have seen more of the U.S. than I have. Um, Because first of all, in Germany, you get a lot more vacation days, so you're able to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, but I mean, a lot of Germans have been to New York or like like going out west and doing a lot of the national parks in the U.S. I feel like those are really well-known destinations here in Germany yeah. that a lot of people have traveled to, which yes. has been a little surprising to me because I feel like I'm not the odd American who hasn't seen a lot of the country. There are quite a few Americans who haven't seen most of the U.S. Yeah. So I think that's just also something that plays into the whole like 
fascination with the U.S. that there tends to be in German culture, I would say, generally. Yeah. Yeah. And like the U.S., I mean, there's a lot of other very popular travel destinations for Germans. As I said, like Thailand and Bali have been very popular. And of course, like all the European countries have been popular for decades now, like right after World War II, when like the uh, economy boom happened, like most Germans, once they had a car and stuff, they would all go down to Italy, at least like in the in the southern yeah. part of Germany. Like they would like take their car without without AC at the time and just drive to Italy and like enjoy their good lives post-war. Um, so all of that has been a thing for a while. But like mm-hmm. recently, this long, like long distance stuff has become more popular, too. Well, not just recently. It's also, it's been popular like in the 80s and 90s, too. Yeah. But the U.S. is definitely one of those things that kind of like because of this culture um, association like Germans kind of feel like yeah like my favorite that's where my favorite show takes place like I want to yeah. see that place or you know we just kind of hear so much about that country that that's definitely also a destination that people want to see and they feel kind of like familiar with more mm-hmm. than when they travel to an Asian country for example like when traveling to the U.S. it's often a culture shock but not that big of a culture mm-hmm. shock and since a lot of Germans speak English too that's usually something that makes it easier for them as well one thing that is interesting though and I mean I'm not trying to get political but I have from a lot of conversations heard that people have reconsidered or did reconsider or actively chose not to go to the U.S. during the Trump administration take it or leave it I'm not making any judgment call it's just my it's what yes. I've heard from a lot of people is because of certain political activities in the U.S. a lot of Germans didn't feel comfortable or didn't want to go to the U.S., which is just an interesting perspective, I think, because oftentimes you don't hear those type of things in the U.S., but... Yeah, I feel like that will be similar uh, with recent things going on in Poland mm-hmm. or Hungary, where also people who might have considered going on vacation there, they might be like, well, kind of, I don't want to go right now because I don't want to support that. Yeah. Um, or also they might not feel safe going there at the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've definitely heard Germans say that. And also I've been asked that a lot by other Germans as well. Like, hey, so now with Trump being president, are you sure you want to stay there? Or like, aren't you ready to come back home? Questions like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just an interesting, an interesting point I think to mention. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, besides that, Feli, do you have any any questions that you had prepared or any topics that I haven't touched on that you think, um, from a German perspective, having grown up in Germany with this American influence, uh, that that Ooh. ought to be mentioned? I wrote on one more bullet point, and it says beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, the thing is, at least for me, I haven't really, thanks to COVID, had been at like too many parties, quote unquote, in Germany. I mean, in the past I had been. And Germans are good at at beer pong. It's definitely a They thing. play it differently usually. So as a German, we think that this is this huge American college party game, right? Which it Which is. Which it is. Like, it is. But for some reason, Germans have like taken it to the next level. And a lot of Germans, honestly, like I... I want to say like maybe half of all my friends in Germany have a professional beer pong table, first of all, <laughs> yeah. which has these like marks on it. Like here, people will just have these flip tables yeah. or just play on whatever table. Uh, but a lot of Germans have these professional beer pong tables. They make it this whole like, competitive thing. Mm-hmm. And also, and this was something that I was very surprised about, is that um, in Germany, we always play it with beer in the cups and then whatever, or at least pre-COVID, that's how you would play Mm -hmm. it. And then whatever cup gets hit, like that's the cup of beer that you have to drink. In the US, I've never seen anyone do that. People always fill up their cups with water. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, which kind of makes it like less of a drinking game. Like people still drink, just like out of their drink that they hold in their hand. Yeah. But in Germany, it's more like, yeah, if you lose, you're gonna have to drink all of this beer. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's more of a drinking game. Yeah, no, definitely. It's in the U.S. It seems to be more of just kind of a, something to do while you're at a party. But one thing that's funny, I was the other day walking through the English Garden. I think in a previous episode, I was talking about how like, oh, I don't know if I could like do cornhole in the English Garden. Yeah. I was walking through and people had beer pong tables set up like and we're playing 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 beer pong yeah playing beer pong in the English garden which was just yeah. really funny. Yeah, I know that people do that. They also do the thing what's it called with the little nets down there like this trampoline kind of thing, this yellow one. Are you talking about spike ball? Yes. That is that like a uh I feel like I've mostly seen that in the US first. Is that yep. an American thing that came over because it's come over a I lot? Think I think so. I, I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's the I should say I'm I can't confirm it, but my gut feeling says yes that it started in the US or I know it from the US and I saw it in the US before I'd ever seen it yeah. here in Germany. But it's become very popular here in Germany as well. Yeah, I keep seeing it all the time on just my Instagram story. Yeah. I'm not even in Germany myself, <laughs> but I just see it on my social media a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you go through the English Garden on a nice day, you'll see lots of people um, playing that. And of yeah. course, I'm sure they play it in other parts of Germany too. We're just very <laughs> Munich central. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that was really the last point that I had written down was the beer pong. Uh, I'm sure there is many, many other points, but maybe our viewers and listeners can help us out with that and let us know what other points you can think of where American culture is kind of present in Germany, mm -hmm. either real American culture or like American culture yes. in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that you guys were able to kind of learn something from from our experiences too between like experiencing American culture here in Germany as opposed to the German culture that you experience in the U.S. Um, it's been kind of a fun two episodes that we did on these this topic, kind of the, the sister episodes, if you will. Oh, one thing I didn't talk about, I completely forgot. Um, the, in like with partner cities, you'll yeah. get like funny things in, at least in Munich, like you have a Cincinnati street and there's a Cincinnati, uh, 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 movie, theater. movie theater thank yes, you cinema yeah <laughs> and then there's a cincinnati friendship park which is just completely crazy to me and i it's not necessarily i don't know if they have this in all parts of germany that they have like american city partners maybe they do but in munich there's a park that cincinnati the city of cincinnati gave to the city of munich and it was really cool for me because i was actually i lived really close by there for um a few months And I would walk through and you'd like see the flowers that you see in Cincinnati. So that was like a piece mm -hmm. of home for me and also a piece of America in, in, in Germany. So I, I thought that was an interesting thing to mention as well, but I had forgotten that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you kind of talked about before we started um, recording the episode, so I kind of yeah. thought we had already covered uh -huh. it, but yeah, we didn't. <laughs> You're yeah. right. Um, yeah, did you ever go to the city hall and look at the coat of arms? I, I've i seen pictures of it, but I haven't gone and looked oh, at okay. it, but I should. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are um, maybe six, seven, eight partner cities mm -hmm. that Munich has all over the world. So I don't think that like all German cities have an American partner city, yeah. but like some definitely have another American partner city. I don't mm -hmm. know how that like, well, sister city in English, yeah. Partnerstadt in, in German, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kind of mix it up there. Um, but yeah, I don't really know how that works, like how those get picked. Yeah. But I do know that like, Cincinnati gave that park to Munich, for example. I'm sure there were other things that were 
mm-hmm. exchanged to. But uh, one thing that was given to Cincinnati from Munich is the statue on Fountain Square, mm-hmm. for example, that was cast in Munich and then shipped over. And it's like the main like centerpiece of this big square in downtown Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's also just an interesting cultural exchange between the two countries as well. Yeah. Well, I think overall to wrap up this uh, episode, I feel like in the other episode we talked a little bit more about um, this like old traditional German culture that you have in the U.S. And I think what you experience more is like more modern American culture because I just think it's because obviously um, Germans keep up with American politics, culture, whatever is going on a lot more than Americans keep up with what's going on in modern Germany, partly because of the language barrier, obviously. So I think that's like the main difference here is that as a German in the US, you'll get a lot of the traditional stuff, but not so much like the modern things. Whereas as an American in Germany, you'll get a lot of the modern games and movies and pop culture and stuff like that. Exactly. No, I think that's that's definitely a a good way to wrap up the episode and summarize it. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Of course, you can comment down below. I think we asked you guys like a thousand questions throughout this (laughs) episode. So comment down below on YouTube at Understanding Train Station. And then, of course, you can also always listen to us in an audio form as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. You can leave us a review on there, too, and subscribe. Um, And then if you want to follow us outside of those podcast things, you can find us on Instagram. It's Understanding Train Station altogether and lowercase. And maybe Josh can post. What did you say to the, you wanted to post? Uh, oh, a picture of my um, Aufenthaltstitel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can maybe post that. Um, I can try and also post a little bit on there. I just usually post everything on my German Girl in America yeah. one. But I should probably try and post a little bit on there, too. We're trying to get um, but better. You can, you can message us on there, too. So that's also just like why we have it. Um, or if you're not on Instagram, you can also just send us an email at understandingtrainstation at gmail.com. Exactly. If you also want to support what we're doing, um, if you enjoy kind of the content that we put out there and want to support us financially, um, we also have a Patreon website set up. The URL is patreon.com slash understanding train station. It's like a monthly subscription um, where you get a little bit of exclusive content, some bloopers, and we also have a monthly hangout that we do. It's like a Zoom call. I think we do it on Google Hangouts now. Um, But essentially, we just sit down with you guys for an hour, answer your questions, and just kind of have a chat, which I know that both of us really enjoy doing because you get a lot of interesting perspectives from people all throughout the world. So make sure you check out that if you're interested. And if you don't want to make like a commitment, like I said, it was a monthly subscription service, um, you can also just give us a few dollars if you wanted or euros or whatever it may be on buymeacoffee.com slash UTS podcast. Um, it's just a one-time little donation, which yes. we're always Thank very appreciative of. Yeah. Thank you so much for your support. And of course, you can also buy these cool things that yes. I'm just currently showing on uh, YouTube and I'm kind of moving away from my <laughs> mic. I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, we have merch too on my shop, feelyfromgermany.com. You can get a I Only Understand Train Station t-shirt or a mug or a sticker and, you know, support us that way or just have like a cool little t-shirt. Um, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening and watching and we'll be back in two weeks on Thursday. See you then. Tschüss. Ciao. Ciao.